Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The Ontario government now has backed out of an agreement that was supposed to sell the brow lands around Century Manor. That's, of course, right on the brow there in the West Mountain. The sale of the lands would have helped pay for affordable housing. Chad Collins is the counselor for Ward 5 and, of course, has been intimately involved in the housing file for many, many years. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, give us the lowdown on this. Chad, thanks for the time. Appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Bill, and good morning. This uh, Good morning to you, too. This must have knocked you off your chair. Yeah, it came as a complete shock. And, um, you know, as you recall, at the tail end of the last provincial election, um, uh, Mr. McMeekin, MPP McMeekin, had made an announcement at 191 York, which is a very large city-owned property in the downtown, outlining the deal um, that the province had in place to assist uh, Mohawk College with their expansion plans. Of course, the city was a partner in that, and as it relates to the Browlands, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, there was going to be some affordable housing funding, which would allow us to move forward on the 191 York site. And um, and I think the specific question was actually asked of uh, of, of MPP McMeekin, uh, as it relates to you know, is this set in stone, and can a, can a government undo your announcement today? And you know, he, his he responded in the affirmative, saying that. Um, no, it's um, in fact this this money is uh, set in stone and and uh, will not be impacted by whatever new government um, you know comes into uh, into play after the provincial election is over. And of course, now we found that that uh, certainly isn't the case. And um, and so it sets us back some. You know, you've you've covered Bill extensively the affordable housing issues that we're facing here in this in the community. We have over sixty eight hundred. Names on the affordable housing wait list, and I think in uh, Matthew's story in the Spectator today, uh, you know, he points out that that that's uh, sixteen thousand people. When you start to look at uh, the um, you know spouses and children that are attached to that file as well, and so and that that trend it, that uh, list is trending in the wrong direction. It keeps getting longer with the uh, house prices and the real estate prices rising locally. It's just becoming much more uh, harder for individuals to find. Uh, rental units. Well, and, if, and it's more and more difficult for cities, municipalities like Hamilton to find the funding for it. That's why I, I, a lot of people are scratching their heads about this, Chad, because the reality here is this was a very creative deal that was struck was. that actually satisfied the city's need for money for housing, mm-hmm. Mohawk College's need uh, for expansion, uh, and pos- possibly, and man- matter of fact, likely, of course, the preservation of a historic building over at Century Manor. It seemed to be a win-win, and, and it's selling off a piece of property that, frankly, the province doesn't want. Yeah, it was really, I mean, you just, you, you've described it quite well. It's a win-win situation for all of the stakeholders involved. And um, and, it, and it's, it allows a, a initiative or initiatives, when you start to include the Mohawk uh, um, um, project, it allows these to go forward without impacting the local tax base. And that's what we've been trying to do over the last number of years in terms of using our the equity that we have in our properties and, of course, you know, we own many properties in the downtown core. 191 York is, is one of them. It's currently um, home to the offices of uh, Community Living Hamilton, who offer tremendous services in, in the city. And so we've been looking at our real estate holdings and trying to find ways and means in which to leverage the equity in those properties um, to create more affordable housing units. And we've been very successful at it. And in this instance, 191 York is a very large property. It's one of the largest properties you'll find in the core. Uh, it has uh, a one-story uh, building on it right now with, with the offices that I referenced. It has a very large parking lot on it, and it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from the corner of uh, uh, York and Bay, where we have the uh, First Ontario Centre. And so it's centrally located. It's on a transit line. It really has everything going for it in terms of, from a development perspective. And when we, um, you know, when we looked at the property, we thought, wouldn't it be a great opportunity to go out to the private sector 
the zoning on the site it allows, uh, I believe it's over 25 stories, and so there's tremendous density opportunities available. And and if you recall the um, you know the brief uh, plans that we had outlined in in the paper just from our the preliminary drawings, we had two towers on that site, so it allowed a lot of density. It took advantage of public transit, and it and it was an opportunity. It was a carrot for the private sector to come forward and say we want to be a part of this. And it'll be a mixed income development. It'll be one where we have affordable housing units that would have been managed by City Housing Hamilton. And then the private sector as part of the development, which would have been out uh, through a, a tender process, would have allowed for condominiums or market rent units to satisfy other housing needs within the community. So it was a win-win-win. It, it didn't require any uh, tax dollars at this point. And um, it was a very creative solution where the province was our partner all along. And as I mentioned in the newspaper today, you know, it's uh, early stages of this new government. And you talked about it at the opening. They all have different priorities. Certainly realize that. Um, I, I think what's most concerning is that these cuts have come forward during the honeymoon stage. And there's been no messaging, no communication in terms of how they plan to replace the investments that we've talked about. So the clean energy dollars that we were anticipating in 219 and 2020 would have provided millions of dollars to upgrade our our uh, aging housing stock, we have 7,000 units that are owned by the citizens of Hamilton, uh, 14,000 of them across the city uh, with other providers in the mix. And so we lost that funding, um, I think, within the first couple of months of their of their uh, mandate. And, um, and now this. And it's been really crickets in terms of uh, what their plan is to assist uh, either with replacing these dollars or creating new dollars for affordable housing providers. And it's not just for city housing all affordable housing providers across the city, and there's 30-plus of them, are all in the same situation. We're all looking for resources in terms of um, replacing our aging housing stock, and we're all looking for resources to create new units to get at that wait list. The, the concern here that uh, we should have, and your point's well taken, uh, the government has said nothing yet about how they plan to, to make up for the shortfall. The mm-hmm. bigger question is they haven't even said if they're going to make up the shortfall. I mean, they may just say you guys are on your own because as of now you are. I mean, this is this is the second hit you've taken in the last couple of months, uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to housing. You had counted on $17 million from the province, from cap-and-trade, for mm-hmm. repairs to these units. So, so yep. So the ones that are already in existence could be repaired and be inhabitable again. That's gone. They just said, no, you're not getting that anymore. The school board's in the same situation. And now they're saying they're not going to sell a piece of land that's still surplus to them. I and mean, it, it was a win-win situation for everybody. you got to wonder just what is the motivation right now and what is their plan? Well, I understand they ha- you know, they've talked about a deficit that they're dealing with across the province. And I, I certainly understand the need to, um, to look at where your expenditures are. Um, I certainly understand that with every new government, there's a, a new plan for the province. Um, and same happens federally, same happens municipally. When there's new people around the table, they have ideas. They were elected on a mandate and a plan. I don't recall, um, you know, part of the plan being uh, taking money out of the system related to affordable housing. It is one of the main issues right now in the municipal election. Um, I think across the board, not just here in Hamilton, but if you're following what's going on in Toronto and elsewhere, all cities across Ontario and across the country are talking about a housing crisis. So it's hard to understand how the province um, doesn't plan to, to play a role in, in addressing that issue. Um, we're cert- we've certainly looked to the federal government as well, who've provided limited resources, uh, at least up until this point in time, and we're anxious to see what election announcements they're going to be making later this year and early next. Uh, something is coming from the feds, we just don't know yet. But it's hard to have uh, it's it's hard to move forward on this on this file, Bill. And you've covered it extensively. The municipalities just can't do it alone. We just don't have the resources. Again, we've been very creative. We've used our 
the hydro monies that have been forwarded to us um, um, provincially. We have uh, certainly used our own land as, as leverage. We have nine projects alone for City Housing Hamilton. Many of them are, are using properties that the city owns to assist with those developments, to offset the pressures that it will create from a budget perspective. And so we're, we're utilizing underperforming um, parking lots in the downtown. We have two of those. We're using, you know, Macasa has uh, some green space around it that will allow us to take advantage of some excess property there to build another building. Uh, Councillor Marula purchased the uh, City Motor Hotel many years ago. We've now purchased that um, um, and, and made contributions there to, to get that property. McQuesten in terms of Roxborough. And the list goes on and on in terms of, and, and in all those situations, we've taken advantage of land. And, and that re- reduces the reliance then on the tax levy. And, it, and it's hard to move forward with one or all of these with just one uh, government partner at the table. It really takes all three of them. Um, we're, we're certainly make the, make, making the best of a bad situation in the interim, but we're waiting for the other two to the, come to the table with resources and with a plan. We need budget certainty over the next number of years. Our housing stock just continues to get older and older, and um, it's, it's aging in many of the major components and buildings. Uh, you know, we've seen articles in the newspaper in the last couple of weeks in terms of elevators not working and, you know, people, people having to deal with leaky roofs. Um, those units are 40, 50, 60 years old, and uh, they, they can't uh, continue with Band-Aids. They need to be replaced, and uh, that won't happen without... Um, you know, a, an injection of resources from both the federal and provincial governments. And, and listen, I understand your point. You're absolutely right. Governments have different priorities, different ways of approaching things. Mm-hmm. So you have to expect some sort of change. And, and we knew that was imminent when this this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand uh, Mr. Ford's mantra that, you know, we want to save the taxpayer. I'm for the little guy, yada, yada, yada. But these, both these situations, both the money that was supposed to go for repairs to our housing stock, and now this announcement that kills, well, doesn't, yeah, it does essentially kill the deal. Uh, the, the government was not spending any money. They were acting as a flow-through agency, actually. The money comes in from cap-and-trade. It was disseminated to other projects like That's affordable right. housing. And That's in right. this situation, they're selling a piece of land that they don't want, and the money's being allocated. Well, Mohawk College and the city benefit from that. There's mm-hmm. no money actually coming out of the, of the province's pocket, so I still don't understand their motivation. Well, I don't know if it has to do with optics. Certainly, you know, when we're dealing with politics, there's certain spin that's put on things. Uh, again, back to them addressing the financial situation across the province. Understandable that they have to move forward with some changes. I just didn't think, and I don't think anyone thought, they try to solve provincial financial issues on the backs of people who can least afford it. In terms of, you know, those uh, many of the people on our wait list are seniors. They are struggling to get by. Uh, many of them are young families with a number of children, and so they're you know, if this is their plan on a go-forward basis, um, you know, I, I know he bragged about being a friend of the people, but in the early stages of their government, they've they've proven to be no friend of the people of Hamilton, especially those people who are in need of affordable housing. And, and listen, it, it, there's nothing carved in stone that says a new government has to destroy everything from the previous government. I understand right. the, there had to be a change in policy here, but yep. I, I liken this, for instance, when Stephen Harper took uh, over in, in 2006. Mm-hmm. You remember at that time, Chad, that there was some concern about the CanMet plant that was supposed to be moving into the Innovation Park just across the yep. road from us here. Yep. And there was some speculation that, well, you know what, uh, probably not going to happen now because, you know, it's a change of government, and that was a liberal promise. But uh, to his credit, David Sweet, who was a newly elected MP at that time, worked diligently with John Baird, and they and they said, you know what, we're going to honor that commitment because that's good for Hamilton. I'd mm-hmm. like to see that sort of attitude from this government in Queen's Park right now to say, Maybe it was the other government's decision, but if it's good for that city and if it's something that we can live with and do financially, yeah, let's do this. And I'm not hearing any of that. I'm just hearing blow everything up that they did. 
Yeah, and, it, and it's about uh, you know the plan that I referenced earlier. It would be fine if they were making these changes and were suggesting that um, they have a different way of addressing affordable housing, that there are other ways to fund affordable housing, um, even if they were to suggest that there's something coming in uh, 219 in, in their first provincial budget that would uh, make up for or come close to making up for the resources we had anticipated as part of the green energy um, uh, funding stream or as, as part of this uh, unique arrangement, the win-win partnership that uh, you know we've, we've talked about. If there was something, some messaging, some communication for affordable housing providers that said, we're going to be there with you, just give us a little bit of time, and I think we would all accept it as, yep, different governments have different mandates and, and different ways of doing business. Uh, but that hasn't been the case. Um, it, you know, this is essentially word coming out of the bureaucracy at the ministry stating that this, uh, this deal is no longer in place. The resources, uh, you know, will not flow as, as part of the unique arrangement that was formed between Mohawk College, the province, and the city, and, and City Housing Hamilton. And so we're left wondering. We're left wondering whether we are a part of a, a, a broader provincial plan in 2019 or you know is it like we're dealing with the federal government now we're we're left to wait until the next election when they start to you know hand out checks just before they're going to the doors which um it's nobody likes to see but well, look, look, it has become the the norm at provincial and federal levels we got about a minute left here i mean let's call this what it is chad this is downloading this is mm-hmm. the province basically saying you know what affordable housing that's going to be on the backs of property taxpayers in hamilton too bad so sad i mean that's that's what they're telling you here it really seems like uh, it's back to the 1990s, Bill. You and I both experienced it with the previous yeah. conservative government where it was downloading, it was municipalities, you're on your own, and, and by the way, here are some extra costs to take care of because we're no longer in this game. Ambulances, Ontario works, the list goes on. And I think you're right. I think um, you know this is uh, part of a, a broader plan, and this is just a sign of things to come. I hope I'm wrong, um, but um, you know, we're, there's no questioning that there's a need in this community and elsewhere and Hamiltonians are just looking for their fair share of resources coming from the provincial government to help us address this ongoing problem. Ward 5 Councillor Chad Collins. Chad, thanks as always for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.